Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people, and it shows. And we believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction, and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and today we're dusting off the masks and whacking out the hand vodka, because the fucking plague is back! It's back! Yeah, just when you thought we were safe, we let our guard down a bit, the little fucker came back through the side door. And where else but my hometown of Avalon? I feel personally attacked! A wheelbarrow stacked with corpses are rolling around Sydney's northern beaches today. Bring out your fake tans, your gym sculptured, your <laughs> manicured, your pedicured, your pubic hair defoliated Avalon. The plague is upon you. And uh, the Sydney Hobart Yat Race, uh, tiff on you players, it is pronounced Yat, has been cancelled for the first time in the current geological age, bringing misery to news ev- editors everywhere who relied on it to give their news services a good 12 minutes a night through the silly season. Oh, Wobertitis, it looks like we'll be watching the cat who plays ping pong, leading our nightly news bulletins just to fill in the 30 minutes. But meanwhile, in Western Australia, Premier Mark McGowan has demanded the entire population of New South Wales wear bells around our necks. And from this point on, we will only be known in the third person as the diseased. And in Victoria, insane Dan Andrews supporters are cheering on the death count and saying things like, Nerny, nerny, we told you so. And we'll get to them. And the utter assholery associated with all levels of Australia's third visitation of the plague. But right now, we have to get to this. It's the CRP's weekly news. Uh, have we become famous enough to abbreviate the show to an acronym yet, Joel? Oh, not quite yet, Jack. We're getting close, though. You know, tell your friends. Oh, well, in that case, let's brand it up. It's the Conditional Release Program's weekly news. Is anyone actually still watching what's going on in the US anymore? Uh, not really, Joel. There is a terrible no. sense of deja vu about the joint. Joe Biden has won the 2020 presidential election again, which by my count is his 28th consecutive victory. It's a tremendous effort given presidents-elect usually only win once. You could say twice, but then we would then they would be presidents, not presidents-elect. Mm, it's complicated, and I don't want to unravel the maths on it just at the minute. Suffice to say, Joe doesn't deserve all the credit for this multiple triumph that could see him winning the 2020 election 50 times or more by the time he is finally inaugurated. Number 45, the Trumpster, the big orange POTUS, deserves pretty much all the accolades for allowing Biden to win so often and so unequivocally. A big Donny has gone the sook, thrown the Nerf gun, the Nerf bullets, and his blow-up Ivanka doll with a functioning mouth, vagina, and anus out of the cot every day. Every time Melania puts them back in, he hurls them out again. Bless his cotton socks. Yeah, the Donald really is the gift that just keeps on giving. A huge mm. Christmas wishes to the Donald and yes, his family of genetic Donald. throwbacks, yes, including Eric, who is, as we know, a very good-looking boy, Jack. Eric is a fine-looking boy who loves his dad, and why wouldn't he, Joel? His dad is a political ninja who urged his followers not to pre-poll, not to postal vote, and now whines that because everyone else did in order not to run the risk of getting the plague, he must have been dudded. Disappointingly, only Eric is listening to the Donald now. Ivanka's on holidays and Donnie Jr. has gone on an ugly bender and no one else gives a shit about the Trumps anymore with the exception of our friends in QAnon and their friends in Q-adjacent Fora. Merry Christmas, you fools. Enjoy it on your own. 
Yes, indeed. And in other news, as you say, COVID is back. back. New South Wales is having a bloody outbreak at the moment, which is ravaged Avalon Beach and the greater northern beaches. Um, you know, people are saying that the, the spit bridge would come up. And it's really weird because Avalon Bolo, I mean, Gladys said it. It's weird hearing it. It's yeah. not. Yeah, Avalon yeah. Bolo it, it, is the, you know, the, the best kept secret that no one cares to hear. I, I mean, think, uh, I don't think Gladys has ever uttered the word Bolo before. It did, <laughs> it did seem really weird coming out of her mouth. And, of course, it's the Avalon Bolo that she was talking about. And this is a rather weird little part of the world. And I know that's your own backyard, uh, Joel. Very it strange. Is. I know it very well. Very odd. And uh, quite frankly, it's no surprise to me that the plague just said, have a look, have a look at this joint. We'll get all over it. Look, Avalon is a mixed bag, and it's mostly the Louis Vuitton and Porsche Cayenne types these days. I get that. But don't let this fool you. There Mm. are some people there who bought houses in the 80s who, uh, you know, they're all about multi-level marketing wellness stuff. They're all into that sort of pastel cue, save the children. Mm. There's so many red-pilled people in Avalon. It's absolute madness. And I can say this because... At the bolo on a Sunday, full of red pills. At the RSL on any given day, full of red pill people because I was one of them. I used to frequent these places and I used to sit there and talk about how, you know, George Bush stole the election in Florida oh, and how fucking a ru- 9-11 put a ma- was an inside put a mask job. on, Joel, right now. Uh, I'm telling you, man. Like, look, I'm, I know these people and I know they're not going to wear masks and I know they're going to flaunt public health orders. They're not going to get tested and this is going to fucking kick off, man. I swear to God, this is going to go so badly. They think it doesn't exist. Well, there's, yes, there is a there is a small – well, it is an element within uh, within that community that uh, is uh, on the uh, on the conspiracy theorist uh, side and – and uh, that is a bit of a problem, uh, and, and and clearly was a bit of a problem. There are a couple of people uh, there that, uh, as Giles, Giles describes, red pilled, and uh, we're going to have a look at them in our deeper dive uh, because they seem to have kicked off this uh, cluster, um, and uh, and it, and it is very in keeping with uh, what Giles would describe as the character of Avalon. Yes. Well, I mean, look, a lot of people are doing the right thing. People have been lining up for hours and yes, things to, um, to, you know, to, to get tested. But at the end of the day, it only takes a few nutcases going around coughing on people while they explain why Bill Gates is the bloody problem. Yeah. And uh, and that's, that's all there needs to be. Then well, it's, speak- it kicks off. Well, speaking of the hoax, uh, Bill Gates calls... COVID-19. There has been some big news from some of our Q-adjacent friends in anti-vaxxer circles this week with a participant of the COVID-19 vaccine uh, having what they described as an adverse reaction. They have been patient, but good things come to those who wait, and they jumped all over it. And to her credit, this woman uh, suffered a fairly serious infected foot, a great big ugly sore on the sole of her foot, and uh, and the heel of her foot actually, and uh, and she was photographed. She basically was photographed showing this ugly sword of the world in order to get a bit of uh, GoFundMe action, so she could get some treatment for it. This is uh, public health in the United States, after all. Uh, yeah. But the anti-vaxxers uh, uh, grabbed hold of that photo, Joel, and used Absolutely. it because she was a member of the Pfizer uh, clinical trial. Uh, group. Yep, she was. And they've been going absolutely nuts, sharing it around, making a huge noise about it. You know, like Pete Evans, the whole gang, they're just all yeah. about this. 
And the embarrassing thing for this, and you can see these things because they're timestamped when they search them, and this is why the irony of the term do your own research is such a loaded term because these morons never do their own research. The woman involved in the Pfizer trial who had this thing called a fixed drug eruption, which to be fair was said by her doctor as being you know, potentially linked to the vaccine, when, and they usually don't tell you, whether you're on the, the placebo or That's not. Right. But Pfizer had to had because to there release, was this- Had to release her medical records, well, not her medical records, but her records within the clinical trial. And she and, and and these clinical records showed she was on a- She was on the placebo. She was on the saline. She was on the salt that? water. Yeah, the only thing she was getting was a bit of salt water injected in her veins. Fucking ridiculous. And these assholes know this. They fucking know this. And the thing is, is they have not retracted. They've not come out and no. said, you know, oh, no, no I think they're still spreading they're it. Still they're still fucking spreading passing it. passing it around as, as uh, you know, why would you get this sort of, well, why would you Why would you line up and get a jab of this sort of uh, argument when clearly that is false? So, people, here's the message. Saline is fucking poison, according to them. Do not let anyone inject you with salty water. That shit will make your fucking feet explode. And as for the vaccine, well, we are still waiting to see if Maggie Keenan, God bless her socks, dies in the next few weeks. Of course, this being statistically likely will not stop people like Pete from popping the champers once her name hits the obit section. Fuck anti-vaxxers, Jack. Honestly, if your entire belief system relies on making shit up, suppressing the truth and ignoring reality, maybe you're not on the right track. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck them good and hard, Joel. Now, I don't want to come over all America-centric, but in other news, it has emerged the Americans under Trump approached the COVID plague in much the same way as the Swedes did with an unlikely tilt at herd immunity. A Trump appointee in the Department of Health and Human Services, Paul Alexander, a Canadian of all things, urged his department down the mega death road in July. There is no other way. We need to establish herd, and it only comes about allowing the non-high-risk groups expose themselves to the virus, period, he wrote, uh, Paul Alexander wrote in all caps in an email uh, to his boss, Health and Human Services Assistant Secretary for Public Affairs, Michael Caputo, and six other senior officials. Infants, kids, teens, young people, young adults, middle-aged with no conditions, etc., have zero to little risk, We ha- so we use them to develop herd. We want them infected, Alexander added. That's all starting to make sense, Jack. Trump, mm. leech, Trump yes. declining to urge mask wearing mm. or even about social distancing. I mean, like, it's it's... It's all part of the plan. It's a plan to infect as many Americans as possible with COVID. <laughs> and to quote an old Dubbyism, I mean, let's face it, mission accomplished, right? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, not I mean, quite. Not quite. The, her- the herd, as the Canadian mass murderer suggested, is still a way off. Yes. But with an estimated 65% or more of the general population required to be infected before herd immunity would kick in, where does that go? Where is the US at the moment with these kind of numbers to get to 65%? Yeah. Who, who has to die? Well, they've got about 17 million infected. Uh, that's around 5% of the population for 300,000 dead. So a long way off. If they could just get yeah. that to multiply by 12 somehow for a mere 3.5 million dead, uh, they might be onto something with herd immunity. Oh, who's but, counting? But as the Swedes found in their grizzly, an unsuccessful crack at herd immunity. The problems start when the hospital beds and ICU facilities start running out. Before you know yeah. it, the dead are piling up and you've got a mountain of skulls on your nature strip. 
Paul Alexander, you're a fucking disgrace. Go back to Canada, you fucking weirdo. And I'd like to belt Paul Alexander personally, pull him up by the throat and gangster slap him until my hand turns into a lump of hamburger, but I can't because we have to get to this. A time and place where we wish everyone a very plaguey Christmas, especially Giles mates in Avalon, the fucking degenerate hippies that they are. It's our deeper dive. Joe, you're from uh, Avalon. Tell me, why is this a part of the world that uh, coronavirus gleefully uh, jumped in and said, I'm just going to grab hold of this place and, and give it a good shake? Why Avalon? Well, I mean, it's tricky because Avalon is a bloody nice time to visit this year, um, this part <laughs> of the year. You know, like, look, well, it's one of those things where people tend be. to – well, it would be, yes. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, if, 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 you know. if the speed, speed bridge hadn't been dismantled and, and, and basically you've got coppers all over, uh, coppers all over uh, the upper North Shore. Yes. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, like, yeah, things have kicked off. But at its very core, the idea that the, uh, the virus would travel to this part of the world is not surprising. But you'd mm. always think it'd be out-of-towners. And this is the thing in Avalon. It's always people from out of Avalon that fuck things up for us. It's always the fucking <sighs> tourists, all the Westies, all the problematic people, yeah. the reason why we don't have a train line. And mm. now, I mean, a- according to local legend, it's this couple that have brought it in, but they're locals. Now, so... There's, yeah. there's a few different ways to see this, and this is a funny thing because there's very much two Avalons. There's the super yuppie, wealthy, Porsche Cayenne driving, loaded to the fucking gills. Some of these people are probably pilled, but most of them are pretty normal. These are the people you tend to see lining around the block to get tested. They're doing the right and, thing. Mm. Absolutely. And then you've got the undertone of Avalon, which, you know, maybe bought a place in the 80s, maybe still live with their parents, but they are, you know, there's there's a renter class, there's a, a working class, and there's a wellness class. There's a lot there of pastel Q types. There's problems right there, I can see. Yes. Oh, totally. The kind of people that you see, you know, like uh, I, I sometimes check up on people to see if they're pilled or not, and it's amazing if any kind of inkling of yoga or wellness or anything comes up in their social media presence, <laughs> almost certainly they're going to be talking about mole children. So, like, you know, there's a oh, real undertone there. Dear. And, mm. and these people think that COVID is a hoax, and I'm genuinely concerned about these people. And as I say, you know, like I was one of these people, like, you know, we used to have red pill chats all the time before red pills were even a thing. And and now the idea of all these people who absolutely deny the efficacy of masks, deny the existence of COVID, and Brandonic. as a general, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, these guys spread this shit like wildfire, and I love them dearly, but I've lost a few friends over this because they've just gotten so pilled and I can't go so, along with it for the ride. <laughs> give me a, it, it's it's terrifying so far, but give me so – try and quantify this. I mean, you know, uh, we've got good, sensible, well-educated, upper-middle yeah. class, nothing wrong with that, and and and, and they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's a large chunk of the Northern the right And yeah. then we've got – what we call the wellness element, element <coughs> the old guard, you call. Uh, yeah. How many, and what, what are we talking about in proportion of the population? Give me an estimate. I would honestly say it's something between 5 and 10%. It's not okay. a significant number. These yep. days, the amount of people who have sold up and moved north uh, up to their uh, their comrades in Byron Bay or just generally just getting the fuck out of there because the rents have gone sky high. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's pretty common. And- 
one of the things is is that it only takes five or ten percent of people who are denying COVID yes. to go and cough on everyone, completely flaunt the the things, if anything, to prove a point. Because that's that sort of adversarial thinking, you know, like a a, a person who has since blocked me because I call them a sociopathic narcissist, um, posted a picture of sheep with Avalon now. How dare they take exception to that? But what? what well, so they they, they play the old sheeple thing, yeah. Yeah, and That's the thing is, sociopathic narcissists hate being called sociopathic yeah, narcissists. They're not big on it. <laughs> you call them out on that and they get shitty. Yeah, almost yeah, every do. time. So he's gone on a blocking spree of anyone who is disagreeing with him because, of course, echo chambers are the bastions of truth and uh, and basically was going on through all these sort of bullshit statistics, which he said with such annoying confidence. Uh, you know, things about the low death rate in Australia. You know, I think he did something about Sweden there. Like, you know, like all sorts of fucking nonsense. Right. And this is the sort of shit we're dealing with. We're dealing with people here who otherwise look and speak like you know yeah, they're in a post-fact world. They're disconnected from reality, and uh, and and there's and they form a significant um, section of the northern beaches population. You well, say around us. five to ten percent people. Yeah, look, that's true. I mean, it, it, it's probably not quite reflective of uh, general uh, of Greater Sydney, but uh, I mean, one 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 has to wonder if this. Eruption of the pandemic had had have occurred in Western Sydney. How would the media be responding now? Differently? Oh, very much, very differently. And the thing I need to qualify with all this is that I love Avalon and I love these people. I really do. It's a and I'm part wish- of the world. I mean, this is why wealthy people go and live there because it's absolutely beautiful. You've got yeah, you've got uh, you know beachfront properties and what have you, and um, you know multi million dollar sort of uh, homes. And no wonder people have gone to live there. The only difficulty is. Fucking driving there is an absolute nightmare. But yes, um, uh, but yes it is. So, so you know, but you know, I, I guess now's now's a good time to ask: Has has this been organised by the good people of Avalon? The old yes, guard, well, you know, just so they can get a get, get a park on Baron Jerry Road over over the Christmas break. It's bloody worked. I tell you what. I mean, like <laughs> yeah, we've been so looking for a photos. breakthrough on that for a while. Mm. Oh, God, it's. I tell you what, it, it wasn't fun. I mean, I, I haven't been, I haven't been in there for a while, but uh, you know, like. I, I go back to that place, back to my start, and you know, while politically these days I feel like we've diverged a little bit, mm. um, you know, I still do have a real, real part of my heart for the air, and I do, con- I do worry. Uh, but one of my biggest worries at this point is that, like I say, people will flaunt public health uh, regulations. Yes. to do to make a point to make a stand not even because they're lazy or that they're, they're not interested it will be to prove a non-existent point that COVID doesn't exist yes. and I mean you know like the for example you've got these two you know the nothing too serious gig at the RSL and then Sunday on the bowl at the bolo nothing too serious uh, a great band they play a whole <laughs> bunch of great tunes people love going down there. they dance it's one of the things that makes Avalon Avalon and while you've got all the yuppies who you know live in their cars and they keep to themselves and they love going out for the French bistro. The old guard love going to the Ari and having a dance and there's the nothing wrong with that. Get down to the razzle, get a ticket in the metro. It's a real thing because with Avalon, like this is such a personal attack on the suburb and the fact that an uh, institution like Nothing Too Serious is not only, uh, you know, at this epicenter of this outbreak, but they're getting shit from left, right and centre from all these fucking arseholes <laughs> yeah. saying, you cancelled Christmas. That's, that's, the, that's the band, right? So, 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 so what we're talking about there is the drummer. Uh, became yes. infectious. Now, uh, he did not know. He did not present any symptoms as far as I know. And so they just went on a bit of a tour around uh, or triangulated Greater Sydney, basically took off to uh, 
took off and played in Penrith, I believe, played in Kirribilli, and to her friends uh, from other parts of the country and indeed other parts of the world, what we're talking about with uh, Avalon is, um, well, a part of, part of Greater Sydney known as Northern Beaches where um, some of the best beaches in the city are uh, yep. to to the south and across the other side of the of the harbour. You've got uh, uh, you've got Bondi et al going down that way all the way to, to, down to Maroubra, but much this, more crowded. Yeah, look, it probably is, and it, and it takes a lot of Greater Western Sydney's population going in there as well. But in uh, in the northern beaches, it's a it's a bit harder to get to. Um, there's not a lot of public transport. Uh, well, there is, but there's no rail line. It's, I suppose it's no. not, not to Bondi either. But but um, um, but uh, you do have a, a sense of a, uh, of a bit of a sort of village life, yeah. not and too far. An hour, you know, well, half an hour's drive uh, in light traffic from the city. It's famous for being cut off, and realistically, it's an hour away from the city. I mean, mm. you'd be very hard pressed to get there in under forty five minutes from uh, you know from anywhere in the city, but. What it is is it is a it's a peninsula as they say. No, no, it's a peninsula. It's a you know it's a, it's a it's a thin strip of land which is sort of half cut off the side and it's uh it's quite isolated and everyone's famous for that you know people laugh at how you know people in the peninsula never leave now they're not allowed to, which uh, has been quite funny because when they're all complaining <laughs> about it, people are saying, "What are you complaining about? You never leave anyway. Like what's fucking changed?" Well, that is that's the other that's the other sort of thing, and not, not actually necessarily COVID related. But Sydney is a very regional sort of place. I mean, people who live in the eastern suburbs, and I used to never go, never you know, moan and groan on the rare occasions they cross the bridge. Uh, yeah, and, and people in the inner west despise those people from the from uh, from the east. And both of those despise everyone from the North Shore and uh, including the Northern Beaches. So it's very provincial. Yes. And everyone and, and everyone every one of those and everyone of that trifecta despises everybody west of Parramatta. So um, <laughs> so that's that's pretty much how Sydney works. Yeah. So um, Sydney is in civil war, but it's just an undeclared civil war. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and just between postcodes. Yeah, that's Great. right. And, I didn't and think about that. Whenever, that's, that's whenever impressive. you're asked to to sort of move from one province of Sydney to another, that's when you when you run the old. I don't go that far on my holidays, which is pretty much what should be the uh, the motto for Avalon. Yes, I, yes, I and don't it will go be for that next far week. for my holidays. Yes, well, it is right now. They're not going far at all. Now, it is, but this is as you say. Demographically, this is this is represented a sort of, shall we say, a hippie um, uh, trace within the population. You know, uh, yeah. There's uh, a lot of Byron undertones yes. to the you know sort of retired banker vibe that uh, that Avalon gives off these days. Mm. Um, and you know, they for all intents and purposes really good people. But when it comes to this subject, the subject of the plague and just this general sort of you know. Q-pilled approach to life that they've really yeah. taken hold of recently. They've always been skeptical of a lot of things, and I get that. But recently, the stuff that I've been seeing, you know, like really like wading into the anti-Semitic mangrove sort of stuff mm. um, from Avalon, they're very pilled from what Ooh. I can see. And this is just my, my what I see on social media, and and this is the thing that's really interesting. Like you know, so you've got uh, this like you know the civil war as we said in in Sydney. Well, everyone loves a common enemy, and it would appear that we've got one, which is this couple that was swanning around Avalon. Yeah. And, mm. yeah, I find it really interesting because, like, you know, I'd say all the wellness guys and the, the COVID deniers, well, at least they've got a friend in them, a not many friends elsewhere. 
the couple, the couple, uh, a formerly married couple, now divorced, who live in uh, the, live under the same roof. A uh, woman in her sixties, man in her seventies. Uh, we believe also that they run a business, uh, but we, we don't want to identify them. No. Oh, well, we sort of do. I mean, it's, <laughs> what, 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 what these two did was absolutely outrageous. And the first thing I have to say is, when did fucking boomers get so socially active? I mean, this yeah. couple, they've gone, they've gone three restaurants, they've gone, uh, they've gone to, uh, gone up to Wild Beach and hit the changing rooms there. So they spread the fire. That was Palmy there, Palmy changing yeah, sorry, rooms. Sorry, over Palmy. I'm sorry, I do apologise. And and uh, they've hit. They've hit the razzle. They've hit the bolo, uh, all in the space of a day. By the way, I mean, I, I literally don't have that much social activity in a month, and yeah. they've knocked that off in an afternoon. Uh, it's pretty and, impressive. And, and 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 at the end of the day, after hitting three restaurants, a couple of pubs, or a couple of clubs, uh, they've gone. Well, we're we're a bit full. Uh, we couldn't really fit another thing in, but we're going to go to Woolworths anyway and just spread a bit of good cheer and lots of the virus around to anyone who's poking in the fruit and veg aisle. You know, I mean, it, it, it's it's staggering stuff, really. And these people, super spreaders, this is the important point. They were COVID tested and while awaiting results, while they were supposed to be in ISO, went on this social tour of Avalon, uh, uh, whining and dining as they went. I mean... What the fuck, you bastards? Well, I mean, obviously this can be explained quite easily by the theory that this is an entire ploy to free up parking in Avalon. But <laughs> setting that aside, yeah, we can go along with the fact that it is astounding how much stamina these people have. I mean, like, you know. Yes. And also these guys, they're running a fever. They've got a dry cough. <laughs> they were symptomatic when they got tested. They're in there. They're in a high. They're in a high. High risk age group as well. For starters, they're not like they're not wearing masks, as far as I can no, see on the public no, record. No. And they're out and about, swanning about. And one of the things that uh, this is probably something that's going to get fucking picked up by the red pill idiots is that like, how is this like that bad of a sickness uh, when they're out getting pissed and they've got COVID? <laughs> and obvious, honestly, as much as I hate myself for saying this, I mean, it's a compelling argument. Well, these fucking boomers are. Doing uh, backflips while they're sick. I think we need to qualify it a little bit further. These are boomer hippies, really, as far as I can tell. I mean, look, we don't. First of all, we don't want to identify them because, and the media won't be allowed to. Well, you might want to get to that in a minute, Joel. But so, so basically, well. what what you don't want to do under any circumstance, regardless of the background of the person, is or the people. In this case, these two, these two fuckwits. Um, the, that you, you, if you identify them, and these people will go. If that does occur, these people will go through a significant ringer and may yeah. not come out the other end. Uh, the, the problem with doing that is you will in, inevitably deter people from getting tested. Now, these people did exactly the wrong thing. Everyone knows it, and all that's happened in terms of identifying them officially is the New South Wales Health Department was said to be frustrated um, when uh, when the couple came and uh, and uh, came forward and, uh, and told the, the contact tracers uh, what they've been up to. I have to say, you know, when we're talking about that 
hippie demographic. Here we have a couple divorced, right, living under the same <laughs> roof and who might actually work together as well. Um, when you get divorced, you don't want it, – it, it is nature's way of saying, I don't want to be under the same fucking roof as you. I don't want to yes. be in the same fucking room as you. But here they are when they've just gone, well, we we'll probably get a few bit of financial advantage if we still live together. We'll go through the family law ugliness, uh, scribble on pieces of paper uh, that officially declare our, 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 our marriage annulled. Uh, but we'll continue to, to uh, hang around the same house. And uh, well, when, we get, uh, when we get tested for... <coughs> for a, a killer pandemic, uh, we'll just go out and have a bit of fun. Yeah, you know, there's you only live once, Jack. You know, they say that. You know, you only live <laughs> yeah. once. So, so you've got to make the most of every moment, uh, as fleeting as they may have, be. These are the ultimate Grinches. They, they, these two have ruined Christmas for Australians and, and, and worse than that, destroyed the Sydney to Hobart Yacht Race. Uh, but, but in their defence, in their defence, the reason why they're getting no shit defense. is there because is. they got tested. If they did not get tested, and let's face it, they're clearly not showing like symptoms heavy enough to be hospitalised. There are people in Avalon, and I'm saying this incredibly tenuously, do not take anything I have to say seriously, just assume it's red-pilled nonsense, because I've heard rumours that people in Avalon are presenting with coronavirus symptoms, severe coronavirus symptoms, Mm, and not getting tested to avoid contact tracing, to avoid attention. Mm. Now, having seen the way this couple has been vilified, this kind of thing is, uh, of course, unfortunately, the people who are avoiding uh, getting uh, COVID tested uh, think that it's a hoax and think it's harmless. So they're guided under the uh, incredible insights of dickheads like Pete Evans. I mean, the Um, couple have at least said, look, we we must acknowledge the pandemic's existence because we're going going to go and get tested for it. But then what gets into their fucking heads to say, well... You know, I couldn't be bothered sitting sitting around the forty eight hours that we have to wait until we get uh, our results, and that's all it takes, and it's generally less. Uh, so we're just going to pop out now and and go basically on a pub and restaurant crawl through the northern beaches, and not wearing a mask, nothing. I mean, like <laughs> even if these guys had simply worn a mask and said, "Look, there might be something going on here. We should stay at home, but we're a selfish piece of shit, so we're going to go on a massive pub crawl." Wear a fucking mask and then talk amongst <laughs> it's not, yourselves. It's not even that. Stay at fucking home. Well, I know yes, you're divorced. Obviously. I know you're living under the same roof and you might hate that, but fucking stay <laughs> indoors for at least a couple of days until someone says positive or negative. I mean, they say positive. God only knows what these people would have done. I mean, the presumption is once you're tested, this is the way the community Anyone who is tested has to regard this. Once you are tested, you have to regard yourself as positive until yeah, you hear sucks. otherwise. Yeah, I got bloody tested this morning and I have to stay home. And the bloody guy was like, well, if you haven't been to any of the places and you haven't got any symptoms, are you sure you want to get tested because you'll have to stay at home? And that was my th- – I had to sit there and make this snap decision. No, it's just – Do it's, I it, do it, this? It, yeah, but I mean it's – it's terrible advice to be given, by the way. I mean, that 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 nurse should be saying rather than well, perhaps there's a there's an issue with pressure on pathology and what have you. But yeah, but, um, but really, uh, the the attitude should be: you're coming to get a test. Great, fantastic, well done, thank you. Yeah. Totally, uh, and it was really uh, was just like, are you sure you want to do this? Because you're you on the sh- hook yeah. once you do this. 
You're yeah. on the hook, mate. Like, you know, I don't, you, you got no symptoms. You haven't been to any of the places. But the thing is, I've been in about, you know, sort of bloody 15 different places in the last thing. And yeah, they might not be on the list, but the list is a fraction of what's really going on. That's what the contract traces have told us. So mm. I've been to all these places, no mask, no like limited hand sanitizer at best. You know, uh, the chance of me coming across this isn't negligible. So I'm getting tested. But I tell you what, it was a long line. It opened at nine instead of eight. There was a lot of reasons. I won't go into the details too much because it's just being pissy and grinchy. But like, it was not a welcoming experience. And I felt like I was doing the right thing and no good deed goes unpunished. That was well, the yeah, whole theme of the day. It, there should look, be active encouragement at all levels. Uh, when, Especially when, when people, it comes down to not being demonised by the public, which I know there look, is a balancing I understand act. It. Look, when, when I think of this couple, the first thing I think of is let's get around there with the flaming torches and pitchforks <laughs> and make their lives an utter misery. But, yes, you're right. You can't do that. Um you can have people Anne franking bloody COVID uh, <laughs> sufferers, chucking them in the attic, and you know whenever the New South Wales Health knocks on the door, saying "Shh, don't make any noise." Like it's probably worthwhile now just to uh, just to let people know that as of Sunday the twentieth of December at midday, there are, there have been thirty new cases uh, of coronavirus recorded in the last twenty four hours. Uh, there are now seventy venue warnings. If you've been to any one of number of uh, 70 venues. They extend all around, uh, not just the northern beaches, into the CBD, in and around Surrey Hills, uh, out in the western Sydney. Um, and this is, you know, quite alarming. You're, you're actually seeing uh, a cluster get out. And that, and that's and that's what's, what's happening here. Now, New South Wales has its uh, much vaunted um, contact tracing people, and they will be going hell for leather right now. Um, yeah. But uh, there is a sense in, in my mind that you know that that really we've got um, uh, very much the uh, the gate being closed, or the, you got to get the. You know, we're getting the sense now that uh, uh, that the New South Wales much vaunted contact tracers are hard at work, twenty four seven, trying to chase all these leads up, and. Yeah. Uh, and look, just you know, we wish them every success, but it, it looks to me like we've got um, the cluster breaking out from uh, you know uh, from a, you know a, a, a sort of a zone, a fairly well protected zone, geographically geographically protected zone like the Northern Beaches, getting into the CBD, getting into places like Surrey Hills with high. Uh, population density, and uh, we do have real problems in Sydney. Um, uh, uh, so, yes, we have 30 new cases. I think that takes the total to about 70. For our overseas people, they probably think that was minuscule. Um, oh, yeah. but, but we are dealing with, uh, are dealing with Sydney, um, uh, a, a Sydney that has perhaps become a bit complacent there's not a lot of mask. There's not a lot of mask wearing going on. Still not. Yeah. Look, I, I travelled to Melbourne uh, last weekend, and um, uh, uh, look, I don't live in Sydney, but I'd been I'd been uh, been wandering around uh, the CBD uh, earlier that week, uh, so I had something to compare it with. Now, in Melbourne, probably half of the people you see just walking down the streets will be masked. Everyone mandatory mask wearing in enclosed areas with 
high populations, so uh, or with, with with large groups, so you know, supermarkets, shopping centres, etc. Mask wearing mandatory, public transport, mask wearing mandatory. Uh, in <coughs> and and they've had duck eggs what for fifty days in a row now. Um, yeah, and, <coughs> and so there is a sense there, and <laughs> let's be honest, they've had to learn it the hard way. Yes. One hundred and two days of lockdown. Um, yeah, but the, the, it, it was very clear to me that the lessons of uh, public health, of social distancing, of mask wearing, had been learned by the people of Melbourne, and but Sydney had is a long way from it, you know. Uh, yeah, <coughs> the, the the culture here is very much more. It's not so much red pilled as just like we're not. This isn't really happening to us. Whereas in Melbourne, because they've had this real kick in the balls, yeah, they've you know they've they've realised that this shit is real and that things can happen again. We're sort of like we're a lockdown away from taking this thing seriously. But yeah. when it comes down to it, like you know, if there was a, a a couple like we had on the northern beaches who felt symptoms, got tested, and didn't stay at home and swanned around places. I think, based on what you said and based on what I've read and what I've seen, I think, I don't think that would happen. I reckon uh, they would have stayed in at Melbourne. home. In Melbourne, you mean? I reckon they would have, yeah. Uh, After look, 102 uh, days of lockdown, taking this thing seriously, yeah, they would have stayed uh, at home. Look, we have looked at Melbourne, of course, as a sort of uh, uh, you know, sort of bio-centre of idiocy with, um, with uh, some of their anti-vaxxer, 5G, um, soft-sick sort of groups, and they came to the fore during the lockdown there. But you see, overwhelmingly, the population has taken it all on board. You, you know, And I, I wandered around the CBD and I was in and around the northern suburbs of Melbourne and, um, yeah, sort of quite impressed at, at, um, uh, at, at, at the way they've approached it. And there's this sort of, you know, almost silent uh, sort of approval or, or, or acknowledgement uh, that, you know, they don't want to go back to that again. You know, and, yeah. and, and and Sydney, of course, doesn't have that. We had a we had a sort of eight week lockdown in in March, April, and came out of that. And and since then, we've we've had restrictions being dropped uh, all over the place. Now those restrictions are going to come back in place. Now there's no way over the Christmas period. And this is this is really shameful, actually. Um, you know, shameful, shameful on those fucking super spreaders. But you know, pubs with fifty people. You can say that's just about gone. That'll be yeah. gone. That'll oh, be we're going gone in the next straight back to hours. shit times. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It is. It's already gone back to mm. uh, 10 people bookings and things like that and, you know, the four square metres and all that cool shit that we just got mm. is gone. And that's the annoying thing. And this is one of the things that's going to be so annoying because all these red-pilled anti-lockdown type people will use this to say there's no virus, it's a hoax, and they – gave us back all those restrictions only to take them away and blame, you know, us. But they will not sit there and say the reasonable thing, which is that the government hates these restrictions. They're shit for the state. They're shit for the economy. And they're dying to get rid of them, which they just did at a little bit of risk. Wouldn't have been risk if they hadn't fucked up the air crew rules. We'll talk about that later. But Hmm. the government can't wait to get rid of these restrictions. They suck. And as we were just coming out of it, we've gone back into it as a result of this dumbass outbreak. They are absolutely going to say that the government doesn't want to repeal the restrictions and are using this as an excuse to show us that they are tokenistically removing them only to put them back on because the government thrives in these restrictions because these people are fucking morons who do not follow logic or reason. 
Well, yes. Look, uh, you know that that seems to me to uh, to be the the, the problem with uh, the problem with Avalon, uh, and I doubt whether this uh, this virus would have bitten so hard if it was uh, really sort of in Western Sydney for a start, you know. But uh, while we've had a look at the couple, there was another fellow who's actually become my new new hero, and again he's been yep. tested and come up positive, and he travelled from the Avalon RSL to the Cronulla, the other end of Sydney, the other end of Greater Sydney, uh, the Cronulla RSL uh, on public transport in one day. Yeah. It's uh, not small. And now, look, he, he hadn't been tested and he did not know that he was uh, 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 COVID positive, but um, but he has travelled from Avalon RSL, which is, a, which is a big bus ride. It's a good hour in the bus just to get to the it's CBD an hour and from a half. there. Hour and a half, yeah, well, you'd know. So hour and a half there and then jump on, the, jump on the train of Cronulla and then stagger out of there just to get down to a, a three – just to get down to the, the Cronulla RSL for a $3.50 schooner cheering uh, happy hour. I mean, that is intent, isn't it? That is intent. Uh, I take my hat off to him. Yeah, it is I mean, impressive. Look, <laughs> we used impressive. to find it bloody difficult back in the day, but one of the things that we had is we had the blessing of less security guards on the on the, on the, on the buses – so we used to be able to get a few beers in on the back seat, whereas nowadays they've got like bloody the Gestapo on the L90. It's yeah, a bit sad. Yeah. Well, look, he, he, he probably – I don't know if he took a couple of travellers with him. Um, I'd like to think that he did. But, yeah, he's he's had a couple of scooies at, uh, at Avalon RSL and thought, I better just I better just commence a, 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 a basically a cross – Greater Sydney <laughs> adventure, completely. So, so I can, uh, and at the end of my two and a half hours on public transport, I can, I can stagger into the Cronulla RSL and say, "Give me a three dollar fifty scooter, please." Nobody sir. ever fucking leaves. The one person who does leave the beaches, <laughs> who actually does make the mission, is mm. the one fucking person who's got the coronavirus. Well, I mean, we what are the about, odds? We talked about the band, uh, and the band, uh, sort of, uh, I believe, the Northern Beaches based. Uh, um, yeah, they are, and, and, and they're was, bloody and it, great. And it was, the, and it was the, predictably the drummer who was infected. And again, a, a fellow yes, who did very not know Van Halen sort of thing. <laughs> again, he, he was he did not know that he was in, infectious. And the band's gone on tour, done a done a few gigs around the clubs in Sydney. I think they went to Kirribilli. Uh, club in Kirribilli or, or a venue in Kirribilli. I think it might have just been him. I'm not sure if it was nothing too serious that went that far. I, I, I think nothing too I'm not serious sure related to the bands as well. well. They've named the band, but they haven't actually named the other band members. They've just said one band member, the drummer. Yeah. They've just pointed their finger at the drummer and said he's the dropkick responsible. They popped out to Penrith too on the absolute outer outskirts, western outskirts of Sydney. Very out of character. Yeah, Very out of character. It's, it's a big drive. It's it's a couple hours in the car and it's look, It really is. It's distinctly unpleasant all the way. It's a true pain in the ass. <laughs> it is, yeah. You don't as uh, I don't go that far on my holidays, I can tell you that right now. So no, had, and nor should you. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And and certainly won't be now. And that and I guess that's the, that's the issue here that uh, and you can talk about, you know, you, you can talk about the sort of Avalon hippies and they, and they'll point to the fact that there have been no deaths uh, and um, and the, the sort of deaths that might occur over the next, uh, well, the foreseeable future anyway, are going to be fairly low because we've got high degrees of uh, in, intensive care unit readiness. Um, uh, we've been ready ready for this for a long time. When I had surgery in uh, in July, 
I uh, I went uh, post surgery. I went into intensive care, and the intensive care at Westmead Hospital in Western Sydney is um, uh, was uh, actually a COVID um, a COVID station that uh, they decided that they didn't need. So it was all rather new and wonderful, and beds comfortable and all that sort of stuff. You don't get public, yeah, yeah, that's public it, health yeah. system, uh, and it was all locked locked doors and and all sorts of things, which is kind of weird, but. Um, yeah, so um, and that's what had happened in Westmead. They transferred, you know, it can easily be transferred back, of course, but they transferred uh, uh, a, 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 it was just one of their intensive care units into a, uh, from a, from a COVID, uh, from a COVID ward. Um, yep. Uh, yeah, so look, we've got to get, to, uh, we can point our fingers at the people of Avalon, and I do, by the way, um, but really the source of this, so we don't, there's no community. A month ago, there was no community infection in in New South Wales. Although a lot of bullshit artists will disagree with that, but there really mm-hmm. was none. There's only one way, and we saw this in Victoria. There's only one way COVID can get into the community, and that is from overseas travellers. Now we yeah. saw that saw the failures in Victoria, which led to. Um, you know, major quarantine breaches. They had some pretty bloody hopeless uh, contact tracing going on as well. Yeah. Um, and that led to, you know, one case of 1,000 thousand new cases a day and, and for quite a few days there, about 700 a day. Now, we're nowhere near that in Sydney yet, um, but the source is the same overseas travellers. But here it would seem the problem is a highly foreseeable one, that of commercial airline crews coming into the country uh, not yeah. being required to test either before yeah. they arrive or when they arrive, uh, and and then being told to sort of go to their hotels until they're ready to take off again, uh, and uh, and but basically no policing of that. So so we saw uh, we saw uh, at least one. I think there've been a number of them actually. A number of these airline crews basically break. It's not even quarantine. You couldn't say they're breaking quarantine because there's no quarantine set up around them. They're just simply told to go to their hotel rooms and not come out. Um, but of course they did come out and they they went skylarking around Sydney. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's uh, it's bloody madness. Well, there was a Chilean group, wasn't there? There was a, there was a Chilean group that we do know of, the Chilean Air. Yeah. And, Latam uh, Airlines or something, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there they were being photographed around uh, Sydney's uh, tourist hotspots, you know, taking selfies and what have you. Um, yep. And, uh, as I say, no testing requirement. Yep. They just no. have a written statement saying they don't have the virus. What does that even fucking yeah. mean? It yeah. doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. And, these, you know, look, let's face it, anyone who works in commercial aviation at the moment, uh, is is not uh, disposed to tell the truth if they might have a few COVID symptoms because no. because the uh, the uh, particularly international travellers copped a copped a proper belting uh, yeah. throughout twenty twenty and so if, so if your employer rings you up and says are you available to go on a trip in Australia and you go yeah you, go, you haven't got COVID have you are you prepared to sign this declaration you're going to go I'll sign it what do you got there no yeah. no one, I don't even know what's there I'll just sign it. And, yeah, that's and off it. they go. Um, of course. It's and, ridiculous. And the idea that anything so, different is crazy. Yeah, and some, some might be asymptomatic and some and some might not, you know. Yeah, and there they are. Totally. And basically the were outside outside of a cruise liner 
and probably even worse than that, or a prison, you've got basically the cabin of a uh, of a commercial aircraft, and uh, with uh, with uh, the oxygen's being pumped in over and over and over and over and over. And, well, and- it's got a HEPA filter. To be fair, um, uh, planes are actually quite safe. Uh, if everyone's wearing a mask and people are breathing through the air conditioning, which is run by a vir- uh, like a micron level filter, the HEPA filter, it's actually surprisingly safe. They 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 very rarely replace the air now. So you so in the old days when you could smoke yeah. on board an, a, a, a commercial commercial airliner, um, uh, they would pump pump the air over. Uh, Almost, you know, almost all the time, almost constantly, and yeah. so you had you had cleaner air uh, when uh, when people could smoke on board than you do now, and that's why I say yeah. that's why I've said for a long time, bring back smoking on commercial uh, airliners, please. I oh, think yeah. it's, of course, in mate. fact, let's let's just take those masks down, light up. And get uh, get some clean air into our lungs. Well, you know, look, I've heard a rumor that uh, cigarette smoke actually kills coronavirus. So, look, you know, <laughs> I I'm was, no doctor. I thought that was cocaine, but anyway. <laughs> uh, I, 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 hey, look, that can go on the plane as well. I mean, that, I'm starting to really like international travel. This is sounding quite good. Uh, yeah, well, uh, it's not, not as if we can do it. We, we, we'd actually have to be Tony Abbott or uh, Lexi Downer uh, yeah. to, to no. uh, get a Guernsey there. So the, the uh, we're golden gonna, children. We can only so, just Google map uh, the world. And so, yeah, it'd be lovely to be over there right now, um, but we can't. Like the thing that fucking astounds me here with like Gladys having this sort of yeah. thing, but then it not being Gladys's fault. So there's this terrible policy where all of us are a bit blindsided by this, I think. Absolutely predictable. Th- Absolutely predictable. Once you lay it out on the table, how ha- ha- I had no idea that we had people going to airport, uh, bloody hotel quarantine for 14 days coming back into Australia, which made sense and made us feel like, we had a nice hard border with the world, which, you know, like, you know, there's a bit of a firewall there. But then there's this fucking giant loophole just waiting to be exploited. Giant hole. Which Astounded. Just, which just tells people with the plague, please come on through and just start shaking hands and sneezing on people as quickly as you can. The uh, It's just absolutely mad. At her press conference, at, at a press conference uh, last week, late last week on Friday, uh, Gladys Berejiklian, New South Wales Premier, said... You know, oh, her minister, well, she didn't name which one it was, but one of her ministers, whether it was a health minister uh, uh, or whoever it was, it was hard, hard to know, had been working on this for months. And yeah. you think, all right, I'm not going to- hard? I'm not going to accept that at face value, Gladys. I yeah. mean, I think you're bullshitting. And the, and the very idea that uh, state governments would- would not have identified with federal government departments like uh, the Department of Foreign Affairs, the Department of Home Affairs, and the Department of Transport, which has carriage over aviation, uh, and, and identified these potential problems and say, said to the Fed, said to Scott Morrison and his government, you better fucking hurry up and fix this because we have got a fucking loophole here that is that is likely to lead to under the right under the right circumstances likely to lead to very high levels of infection certainly it's significant quarant- quarantine breaches yeah and by the way can I just talk about the fucking body language from those people you mentioned the health minister I mentioned Berejiklian yep. so Berejiklian will get up at a press conference and she'll she mouth off and and uh, and that's all well and good uh, and then, uh, and while she does that, her ministers and uh, senior people are standing there next to each other with no masks on. I mean, yep. 
It's really bad. And then Brad Hazard will get up, have a bit of a gob off himself, never look like wearing a mask. I saw him leave I saw him leave Friday's press conference having coughed into his hand and then uh, then put his Jesus. hand on the door handle. I mean, Jesus. I mean, they're just sending all the wrong signs. That's and of course, not good. In New South Wales, we mentioned Melbourne before, in New South Wales, Gladys has gone the, oh, we don't want to police this. And I get that, right? I get that you don't really want people to, to, to have to pay fines for not wearing masks and things like that. It's not but- nice business. It's you know it, it it does give the police a little bit more power than I'm actually comfortable with, but but at the same time there there is no insistence. You know they keep saying, oh, if you're on public transport, wear a mask. Uh, basically, it should be if you don't wear a mask, you can't get on public transport. Yeah, and the thing is that that raises its own issues with the fact that people will be violent towards drivers. Do you have security? Like there's all sorts of compliance issues around it. Yeah, look, I I understand that. But but for for mine, the government is just not trying hard enough to get that message across. And even when we get to the actual symbolism of it, when they hold a press conference, when the Premier stands there talking about about infection rates and so forth, you've got – Senior minister standing behind him, unmasked. You've got. Uh, oh, yeah. And this uh, is after she flaunted her own bloody test, uh, her public health well, directives. Yeah, absolutely. When she right. got tested and just went fucking hog wild and did whatever she wanted. I mean, she's been yeah, the well, worst she, she, responsible. She, she basically had a COVID test and the, and the result came back two hours later or th- nearly three hours later. In the meantime, instead of isolating, she stayed in her office and then went out to vote in the chamber, in the, in the parliament. The lower house of parliament, and when she was filmed doing that, and this is an Australian exclusive, by the way, by Yoni Bashan, and uh, and they all copped all sorts of threats from the premier's department when he when yeah, he said I'll he bet. was going to tell a story. Um, there she was, filmed elbow bumping people, uh, elbow bumping the speaker, elbow bumping her ministerial colleagues as she walked in the parliament, still awaiting the results of a fucking COVID test. I mean, yeah, what, that's very what, naughty. Oh look, look, Fanning can Gladys Berejiklian. I think some some heat on. Um, there's been some heat on Dan Andrews. Uh, the only reason she's still around is because you know the public view her treatment of the pandemic fa- fairly favourably until now. So it's basically yeah. crunch time for her. If she fucks this up, it, it well. No, let me put it this way: rather than say if she fucks this up, if there is a major infection that leads to a lockdown, I can't see her surviving that. It won't be good. It won't be good. And, like, especially due to the fact that it's so blatant, like, okay, you've got the Dan Andrews thing, hired private security, then the security guard did something stupid, that sort of thing. I mean, like, it's a little bit ho-hum, like it was a Commonwealth-supported one. Entirely foreseeable, yeah. You know, it's fuck up. But, like, when it comes to this thing, when I heard what the regulations were – for air crew coming in, do you promise you haven't got coronavirus? Okay, please stay in your hotel. Are you fucking serious? And then to turn around and say, oh, this is a federal issue. You know what? Your mate's in the fucking lodge. It didn't even put the feds in the picture. Gladys just said, oh, look, you know, we just have jurisdictional issues here that are very difficult to resolve. I mean, if they're foreseeable, and they clearly were foreseeable quarantine breaches. Make a phone call. Fucking fix them. It's amazing. It's an amazing level of incompetence. So, like, 
honestly, when it comes down to the, the Victorian thing, there is a whole conversation about whether it was the right decision to have that kind of security and whether it could have possibly oh, happened on the ADF watch. Absolutely. This is not even a conversation. Failure. For this is, failure, and so is this. This is huge. Yeah. And, like, the fact that no one's going to get in trouble for it right as, as it stands not, not right now not is insane. But uh, let's see how far this goes. Because if yeah. we get a 100-day lockdown, people are going to want scalps. And I don't see how anyone can spin this as to not being Hazard and Gladys on the chopping block. Well, yeah, and, and then you've got to move into home affairs, Peter Dutton. Oh, yeah. Uh, then you've I got to move know, into- I didn't know, I didn't know. Foreign affairs, Maurice Payne. Yeah, Payne, and, yeah. And, uh, and, and the trans- transport ministry as well. Um, so yeah. you've got, you know, there is clearly a failure of communication between state and federal bodies, um, and, and, and that's- uh, uh, and, and 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 it is you know it has just failed to to deal with a predictable uh, potential breach and which has now become yeah. a breach you know amazing uh, amazing <laughs> if if they didn't know they should have known and if they did know they should have fixed it now Joe look I'll tell you one thing that really has got me thinking this week so basically we've had this sort of eruption minor eruption that's starting to look like it's going to get a bit nasty in Sydney. In the northern beach, starting in northern beaches, and uh, and then moving westward into the CBD and beyond, and mm-hmm. uh, the almost gleeful responses from fuckwits in other parts <laughs> of Australia. I mean, it's like yeah. the Sheffield Shield. I mean, look, if if we took the Sheffield Shield this seriously, I'd be happy with it. You know, and I want to know why Victoria won so many shields in the last five years. Um, but uh, but unfortunately, it's the the state to state parochialism uh, really only has come to the fore with a bit of pandemic going about. So what you've got here is these sort of awful people sitting around waiting with breath bated, uh, uh, waiting for high infection rates. You know, sort of gleefully. You know, these are the people who cheer on deaths in intensive care units. That's how fucking terrible it's got in Australia. Uh, and, and then we go over west to arguably a part of Australia, Western Australia, um, and we see the actions of the Premier there, Mark McGowan, uh, by basically on Friday, with, when you had less than 20 cases, um, with him shutting off, uh, closing down the Western Australian border to New South Wales, the entire state of New South Wales, with just 20 cases of coronavirus all pretty much yeah. localised to the northern beaches. So yeah. if you're a, if you're a kitty going home to meet the parents or or, or have Christmas with uh, with your parents or your friends or whatever, you're gone. You know you just can't get in. You won't be able to yeah. get in. And you might and you might come from Bermagui. You, you might come from the Northern Rivers. You might come from Coonabarabran. And it didn't matter. You know, with, yeah. with, with the chance of getting absolutely, you know, with can, can chance of getting COVID, basically zero, and you weren't allowed into Western Australia. And of course, we could say this is all very good public policy on the on the, on the part of Mark McGowan. We've talked about potential quarantine breaches and and how they've, you know, the virus has just smashed its way through those in in uh, Victoria and and now in New South Wales. And and you might say, oh, Mark McGowan's just being really, but just being really, uh, you know, thorough. Um, the other side of that coin is that Mark McGowan's got, a, got an election in March and uh, and the last thing he wants is uh, a, a COVID infection rate one at one, you know. Absolutely, yeah. No, so he's play, he's, there's no doubt in my mind that he is, he is playing politics. And, of course, the West Australian lo- West Australians love it. Oh, yeah, um, totally. He, he's, he's basically, his popularity rating's in the 80s. 
Yes. Uh, and that's because, you know, he's uh, he's played the old, almost the old secession card, you know. Yeah. And like one of the things here, which I just think is a parallel worth drawing, is the way in which you're saying that people are getting this sort of joy from the misery of other states in this kind of like partisan politics, my Labor government did good, your Liberal government's doing bad, yeah. and then waiting for the deaths to come so they can say, I told you so. This is the shit anti-vaxxers do. That's They're right. waiting for That's someone right. in the vaccine trial to die, and they don't they don't really give a shit about the person no. who died. There's they no, get no, to use their crocodile tears, absolutely but they not. just want to prove a point because they've been putting all of their resources behind the idea this Pfizer vaccine especially is going to fucking kill everyone and turn them into reptiles. And while every uh, health event that happens from here until forever is going to be blamed on the fucking vaccine by these morons, this is that yeah, moment where the there thing. is death on the line and moral partisan vacuum. politics. Mm. There's a massive moral vacuum and it's a fucking joke. So, you know, watching these sort of things play out, watching this divisiveness, especially when the wellness community anti-vaxxers yeah. are like, oh, oh, it's such a shame Margaret Keenan's going to die. Love and light. Oh, namaste. Like, fuck yeah. off. Don't namaste me when you're wishing some old broad to die, you fuck. Or that, so, or like, that, or, or that woman who fainted when she, when she had the needle and she suffers from it. It must be explained to our listeners. It's a thing. It's, it's a medical condition that that where even small amounts of pain are concerned leads to her losing consciousness very briefly. A vagal response, you said. That's right. So, yeah. you know, this is a medical condition. So she, she she received the vaccine and, of course, you know, she she uh, she, lost, she briefly lost consciousness. She fainted. And yeah. and the anti-vaccination uh, and the anti-vax fuck-knuckles jumped on this as saying, this will happen to you. I mean, that, that particular medical condition is a sort of million-to-one sort of thing, you know, um, but none of that was accepted. And so, yes, no. what... What we're seeing here is, you know, in some of this dreadful sort of state parochialism is entirely the same amoral bullshit that the anti-vaxxers are, are peddling. Yeah. Anything to make a point. Anything to make a point. If your point relies on someone arbitrarily dying so you can point your finger and say, I told you so, yeah. I'm sorry, fuck you. Fuck you and your hobby. Not cool. Well, we could talk all day about fuck about those fuckwits and uh, the red pilled idiots in Avalon and their woke friends, but we've got to move on and talk about a bloke with no friends, a bloke yeah. who is a good looking boy and loves his dad. Love you, dad. Even though the old man couldn't give fuck one about him, I'm talking about Eric Trump, who is like a bastard on Father's Day. So, what's Eric been up to? How's he going? Well, Eric is having a terrible time of a job. Uh, Eric is a good-looking boy, although you wouldn't want to take him out in the sun for long. He'd freckle up like fuck and his asthma would kick in. But that's mm. Eric's cross to bear. And most recently, he's been suffering from a bad dose of separation anxiety. That's what the shrinks call it. He's about to be separated from Air Force One, and that means he'll have to fly American Airlines and be treated like shit like everyone else. Injustice. It's like a human zoo aboard one of their 747s. And that may not be a bad thing because Eric won't draw too much attention to himself on the burner, sobbing and shouting out to his dad. Love you, Dad. Love you, Dad. No. And being in that disease-riddled environment might take him back to his hunting days. Yeah. Yeah, so Eric wasn't much of a shot early on, and his dad used to make fun of him and call him a pussy and then try and grab him around the throat. 
but Eric got better with a gun. He used to practice on armadillos in a cage. He'd stick the gun barrel through the bars and fire away at anything that moved. He'd blast the little buggers while crying, crying and calling out, Dad, why? And anyone who saw it was deeply moved. And it was very cathartic too for Eric, who is a good-looking boy who loves his dad. Love you, Dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Slowly but surely, he gained the confidence to shoot more than caged armadillos to the point where he and his brother, Donnie Jr., took out a giraffe with nothing but their bare hands and a couple of 30-30 calibre semi-automatic rifles. And, yeah, look, Jack, I would say these long-necked bastards (laughs) have had their own way for way, way, way too long. People think they're cute. I don't fucking see it. Eric, who is a good-looking boy, took a photo standing triumphantly on that dumbass giraffe's head and send it to his dad. Yeah, well, the trouble was that Donald rips up any pieces of paper that come into his tiny hands. No one's quite sure if the Donald does this to buff up those tiny hands or he's just a plain fucking lunatic. It could be either or both, to be frank. Long story short, Eric was hurt that his dad ripped up the photo and now he's not sure if he could ever murder a giraffe again. It's bad news for Eric, who is a good-looking boy, and even worse for Armadillos, who slipped onto the critically endangered list after Eric consigned more than a few to Armadillo heaven in one of his developmental rage stages. Rightly so. Now, I don't blame Eric, Joel. He's been in a very dark place right now with his dad losing the election anew every single day. I worry about him. It's a very emotional period for him, and it's only a matter of time before he grabs that 30-30 and heads off looking for the nearest clock tower. Bang! Take that, Dad. Bang! Take that! It could get very messy. It could get very messy, Joel, but we can't worry about the sort of carnage Eric could cause trying once and for all to earn a father's love because now it's time for this, the segment that has got tongues wagging at the Kremlin. And I know our listeners cling to it desperately like it was their very own child. It's the week in Pete Evans. And it has been a very huge, big week in Pete Evans. Huge week. Mm. It's yet another week where Pete has not deleted his Facebook page. So that makes, uh, I'm guessing, about four weeks now. Yeah, his, about that. His, his temper tantrum a month ago where he posted on Zuckerbook to say he was leaving Mark Z's embrace always seemed a bit hollow in substance, but at this point it is clearly just bullshit. Bullshit. Here's a guy that gets off on spreading complete disinformation to people and he's got 1.5 million of them on the Zuckerbook. Mm-hmm. He's posted 212 times in December. That was a, as of Friday, by the way. Yeah. It's all complete shit. Uh, Obviously, the idea he's being censored, which he claims, goes out the fucking window. He isn't being censored, not even a little bit. I mean, not like at all. Not fucking enough, I tell you that. (laughs) This must be a blessing and a curse for our friend Pete because there's someone who's whinged so much about big tech keeping us down, (laughs) getting censored by Facebook. (laughs) He's not getting kept down much. No, not at all. No. So in traditional Pete Evans style, He's up the ante on his post and starting to get really back into his groove, almost goading the Facebook censors on, almost saying, yeah. you know what, come and fuck with me you so won't. I can bitch about it. I bet you won't. I bet you, I bet they, you won't deplatform me. That's what he seems they, to be doing. And they fucking don't, which is pissing me off. Mm. But the thing is, is that when he ramps up, he ramps up 
very, very strongly. And this example here that we've pulled out, of, and honestly, it was hard to choose. Uh, this one really stood out, which is in his usual was. vague bullshit way. Mm. He called upon his followers to look down the rabbit holes on a meme that just straight up has Anderson Cooper's face, the openly gay CNN anchor with a face mask on, the face mark itself pictures a mostly naked child tied up in a tiled room. Yes. Oh, I wonder what rabbit holes you meant to run down there. Yes, well, it's very obvious, very, very ugly. And it has been reported to Facebook several thousand times from what I can see, but not a blink from them. Nothing. They don't nothing. seem to be too fussed about Pete. And honestly, mm-hmm. the only thing that makes me happy that that means staying up is that I really, really, really want to get want to see Pete. Get sued. Fuck Pete yes. Is long overdue for the full Karen Brewer litigation experience. And I'm a bit annoyed it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Anderson, Anderson Cooper, and this is a plea from my heart. Please sue Pete and take him to the cleaners. Look, I love Pete. We all do. But there is a very strong sense that he may have taken a step in the lawyers at 10 paces direction. And look, honestly, like I say, it's been so hard to zero in on one of Pete's posts for the week. It's been a big week. It's always a fucking big week, but he's really, really, really ramping it up. And mm. one of the things that has been egregious in a week like this, as we may have covered, there has been a bit of a flu going around and it must be noted. A little he, bit of plague. He's, mm. he's actively encouraging people, people in this second way not to get tested. Yeah. Popped it up, Shamelessly. Popped it up on Thursday, I think, didn't he, uh, when there were only just two cases reported. But obviously it was going to get much, much worse. 100%. And, uh, and up he popped with uh, calling it the cold, wasn't he? Calling uh, calling COVID-19 akin or no, just the cold, not even akin yeah, to it. It is just the cold, like the, according to Pete. It's typical, Pete, to do this sort of shit. I mean, this guy is up 10 hours north from the hotspot. This guy's a fucking coward because he has no skin in the game. All he's doing here is just sprouting his mouth off and being the world's most annoying wellness troll because his logic dead set just goes as this. If you don't test for the virus, it doesn't exist. Now, at first this made me angry, but now I'm starting to think that maybe he has a point because people do die, you know, of all sorts of stuff. But you know, sometimes it might be a cough. Pneumonia yeah. is a huge killer. Sometimes their immune system just suddenly stops working after maybe sharing some needles with a mate. Like, you know, sometimes moles just change color and it's not a big deal. <laughs> I mean, you know, your mole changes color, you feel a bit dizzy, and then you die. That's not melanoma. That's just life. As long as you chow down a bit of paleo, you'll be all right. Uh, 100%. As long as you are subscribed to Evolve.tv for a monthly <laughs> fee, the the changing color of the mole is just your spirit charging. That's it. And yeah. the only thing you have to worry about is worrying about the mole changing color. So don't get your moles checked. Don't get tested for COVID. Mm. Don't ever get tested for AIDS because that's just embarrassing. I mean, what are you like <laughs> listening to fucking Kylie Minogue's disco phase? That's so retro. No, no, no. Illness is out. We yeah, are yeah. done with illness. Yeah, you yeah. either you're either alive or you're dead. Subscribe to Evolve or you're not. Yeah, get under the biocharger. Under the bio, yeah, get under, get under the bio lamp and spend a couple hours there. You'll come up good as gold. Jump in. We've cured everything and I'm fucking glad. We just don't look for it. And now yeah. every problem has been solved. What a fuckhead. God, he's annoying. Now, on a a final note as well, we just have to say that when Booktopia said 
mm. that they were boycotting Pete Evans. They weren't. No, Go no. and check. I've They're still a, selling the titles. I've taken a look at that, and uh, they did say that they were going to uh, keep his books uh, off their shelves and away from promotional material. Explicitly. Uh, they, they, it was a sort of very open-ended thing, but uh, we can see a quick glance at the website uh, shows us that Pete's still up the front. He's still getting a run. From Booktopia. They're the only ones I can know of. It's mm. disgusting. So, Booktopia, fuck you. Right. You had your chance. And now I say, as much as we may not exactly be, you know, swaying the minds, I mean, we're barely even like, able to use an acronym. Although TCRP will right. officially say right now, boycott Booktopia. Well, yes, I won't be buying any gear from them, uh, not now and not uh, for a very, very long time, not until they remove Pete from their websites. They can absolutely get stuffed. Yeah, fuck them. They had their chance. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider, Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. We've set up a Facebook page, which you can find pretty easily if you search for it. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, even if it's just to invite us for a few schooners at the Avalon Bolo on a Sunday. Fucking death trap. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. Thanks, Rowan, for fixing my sound. Cheers. Catch you next week. See ya. <laughs>